We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for May 26, 2013. And today, it's a pretty large study. First part, we're going to be covering a lot of the different issues going on right now in the whole gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgendered uh, communities and how that agenda is being shoved down our throat. And then the second part is going to be pretty much dealing with some health questions. I get a lot of health questions on a day-to-day basis, typically. And I'm going to try to, probably on a weekly basis, I might not do it every single week, but uh, try to just cover some of those health questions, because I figure if, you know, one person might have the question, and I might have got it multiple times, then there may be, obviously, um, hundreds or thousands of people out there that might want to know about these particular things, from my experience. And um, so we're going to be covering that a little bit later. First report is Gay Pride Week, concluding in Oklahoma City, just hours before the worst tornado in history. Now, worst tornado in terms of, most likely in terms of monetary damage. Um, Not so much... Uh, as far as lives lost, but as far as monetary damage, it could go down as the worst one that they've recorded. So here we have some pictures of the Oklahoma City Pride, uh, Gay Pride Parade. And we've got some lesbian and uh, gay revelers, and they have their gay flags and their gay wigs and the whole nine yards, and they're all in Oklahoma City. And this was literally happening the day before the tornado in more Oklahoma hit. Now, a lot of people are going to say, yeah, but it was created by HARP, it was created by uh, weather modification, these types of things, which the government has admitted to that they have those, te- those technologies for decades, literally. <clears throat> back all, Going all the way back into the early 70s, they admitted this on a um, really world level. And I've given the quotes before regarding that. Uh, in my avian flu presentation in particular, I actually have the quotes from them. So weather modification has been around for decades. Literally, we've had that capability. But ultimately, God has to permit it to happen. So they can try to do whatever they want to do, but ultimately it's God either permitting it or not permitting it to happen. So it did happen the day after. And so that's the point. And here, there's there's been so many times this has happened in relation to these gay parades. I'm going to go over a couple more things about that as well. So, another striking coincidence, or is this something else? While we are deeply saddened by the horrific loss of life and the destruction of families and community in Moore, Oklahoma, it is also a fact that just one day before the worst Tornado in the history of the planet strikes Moore, Oklahoma, which is a suburb of Oklahoma City, which where the gay parade was being held. Okay, the Oklahoma City Gay Pride Parade started at su- on Sunday at 4 p.m. Okay, and then literally less than one 24 hours later, you have the tornado. I do not believe their loss of life. What they're saying, if you look at those pictures, there's nothing left of those houses, and it doesn't appear. I mean, it's like Somebody took a squeegee and, like, 
took the house and everything on the property, and all you see is a concrete slab with grass. And I don't really, I mean, as far as from the aerial views I've seen, I'm not seeing a whole lot of, of uh, storm shelters, uh, basements, or anything like that. So where could they have went? And they're telling at first it was 51 dead. And then they reduced that estimate, I, I believe, at one point back to 24. I never believe their death estimates, ever, whatever they're saying. They always lowball it beyond belief. I don't say how could it just be, you know, 51 or 24 people dead in an area of devastation a mile wide in a absolute going right through, you know, these developments where there's house after house after house. You know, school, hospital, all these gigantic... <laughs> you're telling me that few amount of people died? Come on. They always do this, though. I've, I've documented that over and over again um, in previous teachings. So, here's a link to the Oklahoma City Pride Gay Pride Week website, if you care to click on that. It doesn't really look like there's anything inappropriate in it. I, I clicked on it, other than, you know, just it's disgusting, the whole concept of it, from a biblical standpoint. But, um, yeah, the Oklahoma City Gay Pride Parade started Sunday at 4 p.m., Less than 24 hours after the gay pride parade started, one of the worst tornadoes in the history of the planet strikes Oklahoma. The gay pride days in Oklahoma started on the 13th of May and are actually concluding today. But the parade was like the main thing. Okay, So it goes from the 13th, um, of course they picked the number of rebellion to start it, and then it ran to the 26th, um, which would be 13 days after that. So, um, that's pretty appropriate. You know, 13, starts on the 13th, they got 13 days to the 26th, that's when it ends, which is today. And the height of it was the, uh, the gay pride parade. And, again, this is all total abomination of God, as we've documented in previous teachings. Philippians 3.18 says, For many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. This would include the gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual crowd. Okay? Um, why? Because their lifestyle is absolutely diametrically opposed to biblical morality. What the Bible lays out. It's very clear on that. And then the next verse, whose end is destruction. That's where the gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender crowd, unless they were somehow to get saved, and, and there are instances, there are ministries out there that do claim this happens, and I'm not going to say that the creator of the universe can't not let this happen, okay? But for the most part, it would be a, I believe, a very infinitesimal amount because the Bible talks about in Romans 1 that they're turned over to a reprobate mind to do those things that are not convenient, not fitting, and, you know, they're given over to this, essentially. So, while I do believe it can happen, I believe it's very rare that it does, because that level of demon possession that you have to get to get to that point, um, or demon infestation, is, uh, is pretty high. But, again, I have had people email me, and they said, they've said that, you know, I was in the whole gay lifestyle, and I'm a born-again, saved Christian now, I'm married, happy with, so I'm not saying that that can't, you know what I mean, I don't want to try to limit God, 
Because I've had people argue with me both ways, and I'm like, listen, you know, I'm not going to try to limit God. I'm not God. <laughs> Thank God I'm not God. So, anyway, whose end is destruction, who, whose God is their belly, meaning when your God is your belly, you're just given over to every whatever you want to do, whatever carnal desire you might have. That could be gluttony. That could be, you know, chain smoker. That could be, you know what I mean? It, it could be a lot of different things. It could be an alcoholic. Um, they, they don't have any self-restraint. They're, the Bible calls them incontinent. And we think of incontinent like, you know, you're going around wearing a, a pair of Depends or whatever. But incontinent in the King James means you, that you're unable to control yourself in general. So, whose God is their belly and whose glory is their shame. And when you see all these pictures of these, like, these gay revilers um, at these events, that's really the first thing that comes to my mind is they're glorying in their shame. The thing they should be ashamed of they're glorying in it, and it's becoming worse and worse and worse as the whole concept of coming out of the closet becomes more and more ingrained into society and becomes more and more shoved down our throats. And they're the ones that are actually the protected classes now. So more and more and more you're seeing this glorying in their shame. And really, the quintessential essence of that statement would be like a gay in-your-face reviler uh, participant in a gay parade. They are literally glorying in their shame. And things they should be ashamed of, they think it's wonderful and they're glorifying. And, you know. and then it says, who mind earthly things. And that's how the verse ends. So on Monday, shortly after the F4 tornado demolished the town of Moore, and I've heard it was an F5, F4, you know, uh, after it demolished the town of Moore, Oklahoma, MSNBC's Martin Basher called it, quote, perhaps the worst tornado in the history of the planet. Now, again, my comment, this is in terms of devastation and monetary damage. Well, if we believe the death toll, not lives lost, who knows? I really don't know. I know they always beyond lowball these death estimates. You look at those pictures, there's just no way, you know, this few amount of people died. Um, so going further... <clears throat> Next report, which bolsters this last one. Eerie Bible coincidence for Hurricane Isaac and Katrina. Bizarre timing has some, some asking, what are the odds? And here we have two uh, queers at a uh, uh, the uh, Southern Decadence Homosexual Festival in New Orleans. And, you know, they dress up in drag. The guys dress up as transgender, cross-dressing, uh, looking like women with the makeup on and everything else. And um, that's one of the big things they do there. So this is a scene from 2011 Southern Decadence Homosexual Festival in New Orleans. I've talked about Southern Decadence before, and this is going to actually get back into that. I've uh, touched upon what I've actually touched upon um, in teachings I've done years ago. The arrival of Hurricane Isaac exactly seven years after Hurricane Katrina blasted New Orleans, has some people wondering if there's more to it than random chance, and suggesting that the popular homosexual festival, Southern Decadence, may be part of the judgment of God. A hurricane hitting in a celebration of decadence twice in seven years? What are the odds? Asks Robin Cox, a lifelong Gulf Coast resident. Does it seem that God has it out for New Orleans 
asked uh, Mary Starkey, just contemplating why this has happened twice in seven years at the exact same time of the year. Right before, you know, or, or you know, in, in regard to the Southern decadence. So dating back to 1972, Southern decadence bills itself as, quote, one of the largest annual celebrations and festivals in New Orleans. It has become known as the Gay Mardi Gras. I mean, if it's wicked, it's going to be going on in New Orleans. I mean, that is like wicked central there. Um, One of its promotional websites indicates people begin to arrive on Wednesday before Labor Day and generally don't even think about stopping or going home until the following Tuesday. With over 120,000 gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender participants... An economic impact estimated to be in excess of $125 million. $125 million these devils bring into New Orleans. The city has recognized the festival's importance with an official proclamation to welcome these debauched devils. That's what they've done. So that is a cursed city. That is a city that is just... I don't know if it's the most vile city in, in America. If it's not, it's close to it. You've got San Francisco, you got Las Vegas, you got New Orleans. I, you know, obviously you could make you could make cases for for New York or Los Angeles or a lot of the bigger cities. But I'm just talking about on a concentrated level wickedness going on. New Orleans is pretty tough to beat. You know, a hundred and twenty thousand of these devils, and I, that's probably a conservative estimate because. That's not really counting all the gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual that are already there. And these people have the morals, I mean, they would make an alley cat blush. So they're doing all of this really, really disgusting, perverted things with each other, spreading all kind of STDs, AIDS, who knows what else, and infusing demons and devils into one another, because there's no greater way to do that than with you know, illicit sexual acts. The Bible's um, pretty clear on that as well. So it, this is all welcomed by the city of New Orleans. Well, hey, money, money talks, and uh, you got that much money coming in. You know, they're they're going to bow down and do whatever it takes. So the timing of Isaac in relation to Katrina has caught the attention of some Christian pastors, including John uh, Macturant. Mac- Ternan of the Defend and Proclaim Faith website, and he said, quote, Katrina was the greatest natural disaster to ever hit America at the time. Okay, now, here you have, quite possibly, the worst tornado, as far as economic damage goes, in the history of at least America, I'd say, potentially. And you've got that, and then you've got Katrina the greatest natural disaster to ever hit America, and they were both literally on the the heels of some big, gigantic gay festival parade. I mean, the, the facts speak for themselves. Now, seven years later to the day, another hurricane is heading toward the city. This is right when this was happening, when this article came out from World Net Daily. The fact that the events are seven years apart is very significant, as this number is biblically important. It is the number of completion. God created the universe in seven days. The church, the city, and the nation have not repented, and the homosexual agenda is far worse now than it was in 2005. So from 2005, then you go to 2000, 
you know, um, seven seven years later, uh, 2012, I'm sorry, and you have this basically seven years to the day, another horrific hurricane. So um, here's a picture of Southern Deck, and it's just a picture of the streets. And you got the gay flags flying everywhere. You got the queers and everything. And I mean, the, you can't even see the pavement. I can't, it's so crowded that I literally, there's not one scene, there's not one, I'm looking at like a, an intersection kind of in, uh, looks like uh, Bourbon Street probably, the area that's most famous. And you can't see one square inch of pavement. There's so many of these people there. And as far as is that word with queers, that's what they call each other. I mean, they they they, they use that. It's, it's not really even a derogatory term as far as that that goes. You know, they call each other that all the time. So, um, I mean, there's that show Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. <laughs> so, I mean, they're 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 proud of that title. Is what I'm trying to say. So, um, this is a picture of Southern Decadence, um, the street. Okay, during it. I can't imagine a more disgusting place on the planet to be, really, than this. I mean, it's pretty much ground zero. Dwight Dewerville, senior pastor at Calvary Chapel in Appleton, Wisconsin, says New Orleans is the fourth most dangerous city in the world. In the world. In which which to live. With 95 murders per 100,000 people annually which is 10 times the national average. I had watched a documentary recently on a on the gangs in New Orleans. I'd never seen anything really on the gangs in New Orleans, okay? And they go by, they've got the, the, the city all kind of like chopped up into different, these districts or whatever, and they go by like this one particular district and there's these different... I believe, public housing things in there. And they go by these areas, very small areas. These primarily black gangs is is what they are in these particular areas. I mean, I'm not being prejudiced. I'm just saying that's what they are. And these gangs are so bad and deadly and evil that the Bloods and the Crips tried to move in. Other gangs have tried to move in. Now, before, prior to when Katrina hit, I, I do believe after that some of the gangs were able to get in there, but prior to that they couldn't get in because they were just being annihilated. The murder rate is so high, it's so off the scale, it's so hardcore, um, these gangs, that even the Bloods and the Crips were like, nah, nah. Now, it might be different now because after Katrina hit, that evacuated a ton of the city, and a lot of those gang members were actually on those buses heading out of New Orleans. Some of them went elsewhere. A lot of them came back, but then other gangs came back in to, to fill the... Um, some of the gangs were formed, like with the illegal aliens, to fill... Um, they came back to actually rebuild the town, in part. So, got a little more diluted after that. But we're talking, this place is really, really one of the worst places on the planet. In addition to Southern Decadence event, the church also notes... The prevalence of voodoo. Well, it is the voodoo capital of America, New Orleans. By by and by virtue of that, you could say it's the witchcraft capital, because voodoo is high level witchcraft. I've dealt with it personally. I've went head to head with voodoo witch doctors 
One tried to kill me. And it was known that this guy was trying to kill me by every voodoo doctor from Fort Myers all the way to Miami, from what I heard. And if you want to hear about my testimony on that, just key in Supernatural in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. I tell you that and many other things that have happened to me personally. So, I know voodoo is nothing you mess around with. Now, our God, the Lord Jesus Christ, Father God, is so much greater than anything voodoo could ever come up with, or any other type of witchcraft. And that's what you have to key on. You don't want to key on the fear of, oh, I'm, I'm afraid of this, or I'm afraid of witchcraft, or things like that. I'm, trust me, I've been there, done it, and <laughs> it's... But you have to have faith to believe it. But they're nothing. This, this is nothing compared to the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing. So, it is the, it is the voodoo capital. Now, I would probably say Miami's probably close second at this point. Um, Santeria and a lot of the other things that have come into Miami. Um, but voodoo capital, uh, illegal drug use, sexually transmitted diseases such as age and that. I mean, it, it, it is a cesspool. And evil begets evil. I mean, when you have evil in a certain particular place, devils and demons have a literal right to be there. It's going to attract more evil, uh, sinful behavior. And New Orleans is a great example of that. So then I got this email uh, from Michelle, one of my listeners, who actually had told me about the, the close proximity of the Oklahoma City Gay Pride Day. And she also had this um, definition from the uh, uh, Webster 1828 Dictionary, which more closely defines the words in the King James Bible in the context that they were written in. And... It's the world. It's the word whirlwind, which is a violent wind moving in a circle, or rather a spiral form, as if moving around an axis. Um, now, there were some Bible verses that relate to that. Now, here we ha- we think of Katrina. We think of Isaac. What is that? It's a violent wind moving in a circle, or rather a spiral form, as if moving around an axis. What was the the tornado in Moore, Oklahoma, on the heels of the Gay Parade? Well, obviously, it's a whirlwind as well. It's a smaller, more concentrated form of a whirlwind, whereas a hurricane is a much bigger one. Okay, So, what does the Bible have to say? Some interesting verses. Hosea 8, 7, For they have sown the wind, and they shall reap the whirlwind. So, they've sown wickedness, evil, sinful stuff. Okay, The gay, lesbian, homosexual, transgender crowd. And they're going to reap the whirlwind. And this is evidence of that. You reap what you sow. Proverbs one twenty seven: When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come upon you. So this is one of the way, ways God judges evil. Is by whirlwinds. Okay, Jeremiah 30.23 Behold the whirlwind of the Lord goeth forth with fury. A continuing whirlwind, it shall fall with pain upon the head of the wicked. <laughs> there we go again. Okay, just some really interesting Bible verses regarding this subject. I've never, I don't think I've ever read these before. Nahum uh, 1 verse 2, God is jealous and the Lord revengeth and the Lord revengeth. Says it over. And is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries and he reserveth wrath for his enemies. 
so again, this is, I believe we're going to see a lot more of this judgment of God, particularly on America. Um, his revenge, his vengeance. Um, he's reserving his wrath for his enemies. He, we're, they're basically, the Bible talks about storing up God's wrath. Meaning God's long-suffering, but he's not forgetting <laughs> when it comes to all the wickedness and evil that's going on. You know, the abortion clinics slaughtering over 4,000 babies per day in, in America. Then you've got this type of behavior with the gays and their parades and all their debauched behavior. And then you could go on and on and on. Um, so going further, then the next verse, the Lord is slow to anger and great in power and will not at all acquit the wicked. Meaning, if you're acquitted, you're, you're found, okay, okay, you're not guilty, you're let go, if you're acquitted in lit court. Well, the Bible says, the Lord is slow to anger and great in power, like I just said, and will not acquit the wicked. They're not going to get away with it. Okay? The Lord hath his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. I mean, is this all just a coincidence? What's just happened in Oklahoma City? What happened with Katrina? What happened, you know, with Isaac? And I'm sure there's many, many other examples of this. But I think it's very, a very uh, appropriate time to bring these verses up. The Lord will not acquit the wicked. The Lord hath made his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. And obviously, the whirlwind obviously brings the storm. It is the storm. Essentially, it's part of the storm, at least, like in a tornado. They're storming around it. The whirlwind is the apex of that. In that particular case, the tornado. Galatians 6, 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So you sow a seed. If that seed is good, it's going to bring forth good fruit. If that seed is wicked, it's going to bring forth wicked fruit. And if you think about it, a seed always produces way more than, than the seed itself. The seed is just tiny. But that one seed can grow into a redwood tree, you know, which is, you know, millions of times bigger than the seed itself. So they're sowing evil, but they're also going to reap. And when you, when you reap something, it's always way worse than what you sowed. So again, they have sown the wind, and they shall reap the whirlwind. And the wind in this particular vernacular is like a type of sin, or evil, or wickedness. Leviticus 18.21 And thou shalt not let any of thy seed pass through the fire to Molech, neither which would be child sacrifice, which is what we have at the abortion clinics now, um, worldwide, and, you know, child sacrifice. Neither shalt thou profane the name of thy God. I am the Lord. Thou shalt not lie with mankind, as with womankind, it is an abomination. Now that's specifically speaking to men, lying with men. Also, women, lying with women is just as much of an abomination in God's eyes, I would imagine. You know, um, It's an abomination to God. So, the gays could say, oh no, you're a, you're a Christian, narrow-minded bigot. No, I'm just, you, your, your problem is not with me. It's with the word of God. It's with the God of the word. It's with the God of the Bible. That's where your problem is. I may be a mouthpiece for that, and I do agree with the word of God, but ultimately, your problem isn't with me, it's with God. And he's the one you're going to have to face at the final judgment. You're not going to have to face me, you're going to have to face God. So you can kick and scream all day long, 
the gays and the lesbians and the transgender and the bisexuals and all this stuff, trying to shove this stuff down our throat. But my, my opinion is irrelevant of this. All that matters is what the Word of God says. So, he says it's an abomination, period. And then it goes on in the next verse, it says, Neither shall thou lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith, which is just beyond comprehension. Neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down unto it. It is confusion. Yeah, anyway, um, next verse. Defile not ye yourselves in any of these things. For in all these things the nations are defiled, which I cast out before you. So whenever a nation engages in this type of activity, child sacrifice, homosexuality, bestiality is also mentioned here. And there's things also mentioned before this in Leviticus. Sleeping with your neighbor's wife and other things that are also mentioned. Sin issues. But it says, defile ye not yourselves in any of these things, for in all these things the nations are defiled, which I cast out before you. God's the one that casts the nations out to do these things. Next verse, and the land is defiled. Therefore I do visit the iniquity thereof upon it. The iniquity, the, the, the sinful, wicked seeds that have been sown, God's going to visit that. God's going to visit the fruit. He's going to reap, they're going to reap the whirlwind. Okay, and the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants. So I really believe that to a certain extent this is going to happen in America because the land has been defiled. 4,000 plus aborted babies every day in the abortion clinics alone. You know, all the women that are on uh, birth control methods that are abortifactive, those are also abortions in God's eyes. With, with uh, the pill, the patch, you know, these types of things, IUDs, those are abortifactive in nature. They can actually be aborting babies. And you don't even know what's happening. You're destroyed for lack of knowledge. We're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices lest they get an advantage of us. That's a big way Satan can get an advantage of a woman not knowing that one. You know, can you imagine standing before God and it's like, did you realize you've aborted like... 98 babies in your life? What do you mean? God never had one abortion. Yes, you did. Because that contraception you were on actually was abortifactive and you were aborting babies all along and you didn't even know it. And it cursed your life and it did this, this, and this. I'm sorry, but am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? According to Galatians 4.16? I don't want it to happen. I don't want any of my listeners to, to be into that kind of bring that kind of curse on themselves. So, that's why I say these things. Um, so let's go further. When the land is defiled, God's going to visit the iniquity on it, and the land is going to vomit out her inhabitants. You know, and it's what's happening and what will continue to happen as God's judgment continues to come. Luke 17, 26. And as it was in the days of Noe, or Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. In the days of the Son of Man. This is, in other words, before Jesus comes back, these are the things to look for. Days of Noah, I've already got into that in many things. What was the main thing going on in the days of Noah? Sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, they took them wise all that they chose, they produced a race of giants. Today we have a offshoot of that whole program with the whole... Alien agenda, people, women getting abducted, women turning up pregnant, these types of things. Three to four percent of, no, two to three percent of the population 
says they're, they've been abducted. Many of them turn up pregnant, and then the baby's all of a sudden gone. Two to three percent. This is, these are millions. Are they all nuts? Are they all nuts? It's just being done in a different, more covert way in today's day and age. You know, or you could say, "Oh, the alien agenda—that's a bunch of garbage." There's no end game there. Hollywood hasn't spent all those billions. They just did it to entertain us. There's no in-game agenda. All these channelings, all the people that get abducted and they come back with all these things that the aliens are telling them. There's there's no in-game agenda there. Yeah, nothing's ever going to come of it. Well, I beg to differ. So, as it was in the days of Noe, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. Likewise, also as it was in the days of Lot. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, and they planted, they builded. Okay, you could say, well, that's what they were doing. That's all it means. No, it doesn't. The days of Lot, what was going on in that day? Well, the next verse tells us, but the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Did it destroy them all because they were eating, drinking, buying and selling, planting and building? No. They did it because they were a whole town given over to essentially homosexuality. So much so that they wanted to have relations with the angels that came to see Lot. I mean, to the point where the angels had to blind them and they still groped for the door to try to have sex with these angels. Okay? That's how bad it was. If you let this gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual crowd, if you let them go to their logical conclusion, that's the way America, if they were just given free reign and and free rights and all this other stuff, that's the way that ultimately certain towns in America would start turning out. That would get that bad. I mean, Satan's never going to be satisfied with a certain level of sin. He's always going to want more and more and more evil, debauched, behavior. Sodom was a great example of that. And the cities around them were like that as well. It was literally an area of land that was totally defiled through this debauched, disgusting behavior. And what was God's, uh, what did God do about it? He rained down fire and brimstone from heaven and killed every single person in it. Okay? As it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. So, you got the days of Noah and you got the days of Lot. Two parallels there. And it's not, and they didn't, and it wasn't because they were eating, drinking, buying, selling, planting, or building. Okay? <laughs> the Bible's very clear on that one. So, in the next verse, even thus shall it be in the day of the Son of Man is revealed, meaning um, what happened in Sodom. This, this gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual crowd is going to be judged. Daniel 12.10, speaking of the time that really we're living in and going into, more the end times, it says, Many shall be purified and made white. The Bible talks about that in Revelation as well. Made white. Robes of righteousness, essentially. They shall be purified and made white and tried. Now, these are the saved that they're in reference to. But the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand. 
but the wise shall understand. The wicked shall do wickedly, like gays getting together and having literal parades where they're glorying in their shame and having like two week long, uh, basically gay orgies and stuff going on. Yeah, that's the wicked doing wickedly and none of them understanding. They're glorying in their shame. They think that they're really, they're really with it. They're on the cutting edge. They're doing the right thing. I mean, I'm deep down, I can't believe they believe that, but there's a part of them that has deluded themselves into thinking that. I'm sure. Going further, um, Justice Department decrees employees must now affirm their homosexuality. This is how bad it's getting. Okay, with this whole homosexual queer agenda. It is, I mean, I, I can't even believe the stuff I have to report on on a week-to-week basis now. The only thing this Obama White House seems to generate is scandal. Um, well, here's another to add to the growing list. In addition to the Benghazi cover-up, the IRS targeting of political dissenters and illegal uh, conservatives, really, and illegal seizure of media phone records, whistleblowers within the DOJ, or Department of Justice, have contacted Liberty Council to express grave concerns over this administration's latest attack on our freedoms. Our sources have provided Liberty Council with an internal DOJ document titled Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Transgendered Inclusion at Work, or you could just say LGBT. LGBT inclusion at work. The seven habits of highly effective managers. This is a Department of Justice memo that has just come out. It was emailed to DOJ managers in advance of the so-called Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Transgendered Pride Month. So now you have in the Pentagon, you have in Homeland Security, with Janet Butch Napolitano, obviously a, a rabid lesbian there. Many, many, many high-level gay and lesbian people now very, very much in high places. Barack Obama, you know, we've documented that over and over again, his, his homosexuality. You've got now a, a lot of high-level Muslims that I documented last week in high office. So you, what is happening now is Satan is prepositioning and putting people in the highest echelons of our government because obviously they can have much more of an impact at those levels than they could working at a lower level. We're talking shaping policy and laws and all of these things. And this is why Satan is prepositioning these devils in those very places. Now we have the Gay Pride Month and, um, at the DOJ. So this document is chilling. It is riddled with directives that grossly violate employees' First Amendment liberties. Following, uh, it won't violate the First Amendment liberties of the, you know, LGBT crowd. But if it comes to a Christian, you have no more First Amendment. Particularly if you're in any kind of government position. I, I just documented not too long ago what they're doing in the military now, where if you literally mention the name of Jesus, or any type of proselytizing, that they're trying to get that actually, um, not only is that uh, grounds for you totally being dishonorably discharged, but they're trying to actually get it where it's actually treason. Where if you mention Jesus Christ or even remotely try to proselytize somebody, convert them, get them saved. 
and it gets back to them. You know, treason, which is punishable by death. And it literally is. So, um, following our excerpts from the DOJ Pride Decree, when it comes to the LGBT Pride, employees are ordered, this is from this, this is from this decree, from the Department of Justice to their employees, don't judge or remain silent. Silence will be interpreted as disapproval. So this is regarding lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgendered, pride or issues or anything. The DOJ is telling them don't judge or remain silent about this. Silence will be interpreted as disapproval. What that is, that's a threat and not even a subtle one. For Christians and other morality-minded federal employees, it's no longer enough to just shut up and stay in the closet to live your life in silent recognition of biblical principles, which by itself is unlawful constraint. Now, when it comes to mandatory celebration of homosexual and cross-dressing behaviors, silence will be interpreted as disapproval. So in other words, you better acknowledge all the queers and all the cross-dressers and all the people, and you better get behind it and get out your pom-poms and cheer for them, or that might be construed as disapproval. <laughs> Just, you know, do whatever. I'm not, I'm not going along with any of this garbage. You want to put a bullet in your, my head? You think you can get away with it? You think God will let you do that? Go for it. I won't do any of this. Okay? I would not, I would not be working for the government right now in any capacity. I'm sorry. I wouldn't. With as much wickedness and evil. I understand some people are in it, you know, to try to whatever. You're not going to change it from within. Now, I understand if you're there as like a mole or something to keep an eye on things. Okay, I get that. I'm just saying, for the most part, the government is only going to continue to degenerate and to degenerate and to become literally an absolute arm of Satan. Okay? I'm not saying every facet of government has degenerated to that point yet. Okay? Or that there's not good people in government on any level. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, though, if you continue to stay in that, eventually it will get that bad. Like I've warned about the 501c3 corporate church. Just stay in that system. Eventually it's right on the whole United Nations train to the one world religion. At some point you're going to have to make a decision to get off. So this is how bad it's gotten. You can't even be silent about it now. <laughs> Keeping your mouth shut is not enough. I really think God's letting this happen so that we're forced to be put in positions where we will make a stand. Satan's not going to let you let, let you just get away with being silent. I don't think God is either. In a way. I think God's using Satan in this regard to put us in positions where we're going to have to make a stand for righteousness sake. What if I lose my job? Well, God's the God of the universe. He can provide in another way. He can take care of you no matter what the circumstances are. You know, I'm sorry, but it's, um, it's, it's getting to the point where, you know, Going to get to that point, no matter what you do, it sounds like to me, if you're in the government, this lawless administration is now ordering federal employees against their will to affirm sexual behaviors that every major religion of the world, even though most of them are ungodly, with thousands of years of history, reject. Okay, Even ungodly religions many, many times will reject, in other words, this whole gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual lifestyle. But now they're ordering their federal employees to acknowledge it 
in a positive way, essentially. The directive includes a quote from a gay federal employee to rationalize this justification. Because we always have to worry about the feelings of all of these queers out here that are, are, might get offended. You know, because that's where our, our emphasis really should be. You know, I don't really think when God rained down fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah, he was really concerned about all those devils and what if their feelings got hurt. Do you think it hurt their feelings when they were getting hit with, with fire and brimstone? Do you, do you think God cared at that point? Well, God's the same today, yesterday, and forever. Okay? These people, you know, he, being in silent whatever, approval, is not doing them any favors. You know? The directive, um, so this directive includes a quote from a gay federal employee to rationalize the justification. He says, Ideally, I'd love to hear and see support from supervisors. So it's clear that there aren't just policies on paper. These aren't policies just on paper. In other words, he wants action. Silence seems like disapproval, the queer said. Oh, does it really? Oh, so we really need to placate you and mollycoddle you and, and make sure you get whatever you want, you debauched devil. Yeah, because I'm going to go out of my way to make sure that happens for you. That's what, that's what Satan... I mean, the DOJ is saying. Of course, there's still an atmosphere of LGBT issues not being appropriate for the workplace. Um, in other words, he goes on to say that there's still an atmosphere of, of certain issues not being appropriate for the workplace. We want to make sure, in other words, that's a terrible thing too, and we want to make sure that we're free to express all of our debauched actions and things and have your approval, Mr. Uh, heterosexual person, you better approve everything that I do. <laughs> this is this has all happened because people haven't taken a stand against these issues. I know the Bible predicts this was going to happen, you know, in, in regard to a wickedness and evil increasing in the end times. I, I know, but a lot of it has happened because of just the people not taking a stand regarding these types of issues, and just their silence has been basically like approval and have let a lot of these things happen. So, when well over half of federal employees, um, half the country and most of the world still believe in objective sexual morality issues, um, so, in other words, um, when well over half the federal employees, half the country and most of the world still believe in objective sexual morality issues. In other words... The majority, and it's probably a slight majority at this point, still believe, you know, still are against a lot of these things. But all that matters is this very, very small minority of these demon-infested people. And that's what really matters. All of our opinions, the majority's opinions, none of that matters. All of that is swept aside. Why? Because as I've said in the past, if it's evil, if it's wicked, if it's debauched, it is go- and the more wicked, evil, or debauched it is, is the extent to which the government, via Satan, is going to protect it. Planned Parenthood, abortion industry, homosexual, gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual movements, beyond protected status. Muslims, all of the unbelievable garbage they're doing, and trying to implement Sharia law and all the things they're doing, as I've documented over and over again, they're totally protected. The more wicked, evil, 
and debauched you are, the the greater protection you're you're going to be afforded in the coming New World Order and now. And we're seeing it. Moral behavior is reprehensible to Satan and reprehensible to the New World Order and to these devils in power in high places. So, they're going to try to do everything they can do to, you know, uh, destroy any form of morality, biblical morality. Still to borrow from the self-styled queer activist, anti-Christian bigot, and Obama buddy, Dan Savage, um, he says, oh, he says it gets better. Um, The next point from the DOJ, quote, do assume that LGBT employees and their allies are listening to what you're saying. (laughs) Do assume they're listening to you. You better be a good little heterosexual pro-homosexual Nazi brown shirt. You better, if, if you ever had a spine, you better get rid of it now. Because do assume that the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender employees and their allies, who, who would their allies be? Like serial killers and child rapists and, I don't know, anybody who's evil, pro, pro-abortion? Sure. Do assume these employees and their allies are listening to what you're saying. Whether in a meeting or around the proverbial water cooler. And we'll read what you're writing. Whether in casual email or in a formal document. And make sure the language you use is inclusive and respectful. Or what? Well, they're going to come get you, boy. You can't say that about them. My God is the God of the universe. He can protect me from all of these devils, just like he did at Sodom and Gomorrah. What did he do to them? Rained down fire and brimstone on them, killed every single one of them. God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. I'm not intimidated by you. I remember I wrote a uh, letter to the editor a long time ago when I lived back in like Fort Myers. And my name, the whole thing was on there. Uh, and it was on, it was, I basically gave, and believe it or not, they printed the verses I gave them. Um, one was in Romans and another one in the New Testament on, on how God condemns, uh, homosexuality. And it was a letter to the editor and they printed it. (laughs) Praise God. And I had a lady come up to me in church. This is one of this is probably one of the last 501c3 churches I attended, Baptist church. And she said, Oh, oh no, you shouldn't do you shouldn't have done that. I'm like, why? She says, Well, I, I put a letter, I put a letter in uh, to the editor in the paper like that. And um, they came and they did they threatened me, they did all kind of stuff to my house, this and that. And I'm like, and you know what? This lady was literally involved in witchcraft, I found out later in the church. She was literally involved. I don't know, it was some kind of like necromancy garbage or something she was doing. Woman, she wasn't safe. She had no faith at all. God's not going to protect somebody like that. You don't really get to have it both ways. I'm not saying that because I think I'm big and, I mean, God protected me. Nothing ever happened to me. I went against the, the, the voodoo witch doctor. They knew exactly who I was, knew where I was at, knew where I worked. I don't know if they knew where I lived, but you know, tried to kill me. Nothing happened to me. 
I've had this happen over and over and over again. When I was supposed to be dead, nothing happened to me. Because I have faith to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ that he can protect. And you have that ability just as much as I do. All of you do. But I don't have that kind of faith. Well, then get in the, the word more. Keep it playing in your house 24-7. You know? It's not that I don't ever have demonic issues I don't face. And I'm protected from... I mean, we've had some heavy-duty stuff happen here in the last couple weeks. Really heavy duty. <laughs> and um, I actually love it. I, I I want to engage evil. I just can't help it. It was one of the things God created me for, I believe, in the end times. And I'm not saying that because I think I'm better at all. I just can't help it. I want to engage evil. And, and I mean really evil stuff. And I really, my motivation for that is because I believe... When God, when things really, when the gloves really come off from Satan's standpoint and things really get bad and God intervenes in our lives in a miraculous way and literally uses his remnant to deal with wickedness on planet earth, that his name will be glorified and that many could be saved as a result of what God will do through his remnant. Not, not what I would do, but what God could do. I want to see people get saved, bottom line. I want to see the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to see Father God's name glorified. Not drugged through the dirt, not suppressed, like is always. we're always getting all the stuff just like today, what we're reporting on. I'm sick of placating evil. And I'm no better than anyone else. No better than you. The Bible says he's given to each of us a measure of faith. Some people he's given a little more measure of faith to than others. Okay? But to whom much is given, much is required. But if you feel like your faith is lacking, just get into the word of God more. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It's a simple formula. If you memorize scripture, you read it, you listen to it, you meditate upon it, your faith will get built. Guaranteed. But don't expect it just to like be there for like no reason and oh, I just I'm not going to put any effort into it. <laughs> it just, then you're not your faith's not going to be built up, and you're going to live in fear. You're going to live in fear about all this garbage that we're in, and God has not called us to a spirit of fear. He's not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, joy, peace, you know, long suffering, these types of things. Those are the fruits of the spirit, in part. So. All I'm saying is, is this is something we're really going to have to get a hold of. Because this isn't going to get any better, these types of issues. The Muslim issues, the, the gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual issues, the abortion. None of that's going to get any better. So, um, the, basically, make sure you understand. The memo says that these devils from the pits of hell the LGBT crowd and their allies are listening to you and what you're saying and are reading what you're writing, whether in casual email or in a formal document. And make sure the language you use is inclusive and respectful. Does my message today sound inclusive and respectful of their debauched, evil, devil lifestyle? No. And it never will be. Never will be. And I won't make apologies for it. Because the Bible doesn't make apologies for it. Did God apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah? 
and all the cities around that he rained fire and brimstone on? Did, did he deposit? Did he apologize to all those evil, perverse, perverted devils as they plunged into hell? No, I, I don't think that apology was forthcoming, or it ever will be forthcoming. Will he apologize to them when they go before the great white throne judgment and then they're cast into the lake of fire? Because that hasn't happened yet. No, I don't think so. Nope. Don't think so. Well, so is this DOJ or is this the DOJ or the KGB? <laughs> assume that the assume that the lesbian, gay, uh, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender employees are listening. There's a question mark. And what are these LGBT allies that they reference? If you disagree with the homosexual activist's political agenda, does that make you the enemy? Of course it does. Yes, in any workplace, language uh, should remain professional. But who defines what's inclusive? Who decides what's respectful? Well, of course the LGBT crowd. That's who decides. These are people that have their mind totally darkened with evil. And they're the morality police now. It's like Satan's morality police. Seems reasonable to me. If you disagree with a homosexual... Um, okay, so yes, and any... Um, let me see, I'm, I'm reading whatever. If, if asked about LGBT issues, for instance, can a Christian employee honestly answer, I believe the Bible. I believe God designed sex to be shared between a husband and wife within the bonds of marriage. Well, of course you can reply that way, and you should. What if I get fired? Whatever. God can still provide for you, still protect you. He's bigger than the DOJ. He'll honor that decision. Period. He will honor it. Well, I want something better paying that. No, you're not going to go dictate to God either. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, all I'm saying is God can protect you from this. Um, so, but what if you say this? I believe the Bible, believe God designed sex to be shared between a husband and wife in the bonds of marriage. Is that grounds for termination? Probably, at this point. Maybe they won't get that radical right off the bat. But Satan's patient. He's incremental. And this is just all erosion, further erosion of our of our uh, rights we have, a bi really biblical rights. So here's some more do's from this DOJ memo. Do attend LGBT events sponsored by DOJ Pride. They're telling heterosexual people, do attend LGBT events sponsored by DOJ Pride. It sounds like the DOJ, Homeland Security, our whole government, the, especially the higher echelons of federal government, have totally went queer. And making them beyond a protected class. Right with the Muslims and the pro-abortion crowd. The most vile... Uh, why don't they just throw the pedophiles in there too? I'm sure eventually they will when they can get away with that. They can't quite get away with honoring pedophiles quite yet. But that, that's coming. Guaranteed that's coming. I mean, they're trying to lower the age of consent in all these other different countries to like these unbelievably low numbers so you can have, you know, rape little children, essentially. Well, he was consenting. <laughs> I hate to say it, but that's where it's coming. That's what it's coming to. So, do attend 
LGBT events sponsored by DOJ Pride and or the department. And invite, but don't require others to join you. So, so there's, they are saying that. You invite, but don't require. Well, could you, what's the next thing they're going to say? But require? Well, like, what, are you going to try to force me to go? Kicking and screaming into one of these DOJ Pride events? <laughs> so it's like they're throwing the Christians a little bone. But don't require. But, I guarantee you, if you're invited and you reject, uh-oh, silence equals disapproval, you might have to be gut shot and thrown into the electric chair for 30 days. You know, we, we are sorry. We got to do what we got to do. <laughs> I mean, this is where it's coming to, essentially. I mean, uh, soon it probably will be mandatory as wicked, evil debauchery progresses and as people do nothing about it, as there's, if there's no pushback. I've said this before, the Illuminati slash Satan will throw out things like this to see engage public reaction. If there's no pushback, if there's no negative public reaction, then that gives them the green light to further implement their draconian agendas even further. That's how they work. And the best place to do that is in the government, whether it's armed services, whether it's federal, whatever. Because they, they're paying the paycheck. You know? You're typically not going to bite the hand that feeds you. So, this is where they always try this stuff first. And also, here's another do from this memo. Do display a symbol in your office, like a DOJ Pride sticker, or copy of this brochure. In other words, this was the uh, like a brochure of what I'm reading off, etc. Indicating that this is a, quote, safe space. Safe for queers. Wow, isn't that special? It's, it's a safe space. It's safe for the homosexuals because they've got to be protected from all the born-again Christians that are trying to constantly kill them. It's how they're acting here. You know, a safe space. A safe space for what? Debauched, evil, wicked, perverted behavior? Yes, that's what it's safe for. And then the, the author of the article says, Are you kidding? Does this administration really think it's legal to compel managers to attend LGBT events or to display pride stickers, gay pride stickers against their will? That's compulsory expression. That viewpoint, that's viewpoint discrimination and is totally unconstitutional. But who cares about the Constitution anymore? Bill rights. What does that matter? But there's more. It also says do... This is unbelievable. Do use... I, I can't even believe I'm reading this from, from some type of federal guideline. Do use a transgendered person's chosen name and the pronoun that is consistent with the person's self-identified gender. See, I refuse to do that. I just refuse. You know? In other words, I was Robert. Now I'm Robin. Okay? You better call me Robin and call me a she. Or you're going to offend my sensibilities. Oh, really, you cross-dressing devil? You demon-possessed devil? You're a, a man dressing up in woman's clothes. Sometimes you've even had the old sex change operation to really seal the deal. And you expect me to respect you for that? <laughs> no. Sorry. Not going to happen. 
In other words, they want you to lie and engage in corporate delusion. Also, another do. Do deal with offensive jokes and comments comments forcefully. Oh, I guarantee it's fine for them, though, to joke about born-again Christians in the most perverse, disgusting way you could ever, hopefully you wouldn't even ever want to envision. That's fine, guaranteed. But if there's any offensive jokes and comments forcefully, so you're supposed to deal with these offensive jokes about them and comments forcefully and swiftly, when presented with evidence that they have occurred in the workplace. Don't you dare ever say anything against them and their wonderful lifestyle. Oh, I guarantee you, if you started quoting these Bible verses from the King James Bible, that's going to fall into that category. Do communicate a zero-tolerance policy for inappropriate jokes and comments. Hmm. Boy, oh boy, zero tolerance. What does that mean? That means you're terminated. Who knows? You'll probably be sued as well, possibly. I don't know. I'm not, and again, I'm not saying that to Christians to like intimidate them. I'm saying God can still protect you. But I'm saying this is what they would want. Do communicate a zero tolerance policy for inappropriate jokes and comments. Inappropriate? What, like your lifestyle? Like your lifestyle that's so sick, evil, and debased that I couldn't possibly even get into half the garbage that you all do self-admitted glorying in your shame that's not inappropriate though that's all good stuff but anything they deem inappropriate oh you know Satan forbid that's what they should say that's who they serve Satan so do communicate a zero tolerance policy for inappropriate jokes and comments including those pertaining to a person's sexual orientation and or gender identity expression. So, who gets, to, who gets to decide what's an inappropriate joke or comment? I thought we had a constitution for that. No law abridging the freedom of speech, that part, means no law. No matter how much Obama wishes it so, we don't leave our constitutional rights at the federal workplace door. Um, obviously, you're, you're not going to want to go out of your way to obviously say things that are you know, inappropriate in, in regard to like some kind of off-color joke or whatever. That's not even Christian is what I mean. But in other words, but you're not entitled to your viewpoint about the whole homosexual crowd. You're not entitled to that anymore. You're not entitled to to uh, quote Bible verses regarding this particular lifestyle. You're not. That's what they're saying loud and clear here. The DOJ edict even addresses cross-dressing men's woes. (laughs) Yeah. Quote from this memo. As a transgender woman, that's a man with a skirt. It's not a woman. It's a man with a skirt. Okay. I want people to understand that I'm real. This is some quote from some transgender devil. I want people to understand that I'm real. Oh, you know, I I really can take somebody, a guy in a dress... In high heels, maybe fishnet stockings, there's nobody on this planet I take more seriously or have more respect for than that. I remember my grandpa told me, there was, I, don't, I never saw the guy, this is way before I was ever saved when I was a little kid in Cape Coral, Florida. And there was a guy that lived around the neighborhood and he was like a handyman. He would literally, I don't know, my grandpa... 
Oh, he would, I don't know, this guy would, would do some work for then and he would come over and he'd be dressed up like totally like a woman. Makeup, the whole nine yards, skirt, high heel shoes. He's over there one day, I, I think he's over there like, you know, on the ladder working on the garage door thing. <laughs> I heard about the story. And they would always chuckle about him and everything. But I mean, this is what we're in reference to here. Men dressing up as women. And wanting them to understand that they're real. I mean, come on. That, that's got to be the most insane thing I've ever heard. And then it says, I want to be recognized as the gender I really am. Oh. Oh, isn't that terrible? A woman born in a man's body. Isn't that terrible? Even though that's totally been debunked and disproven. Anyway, uh, I want to be recognized as a gender I really am. Again, you're a man in a skirt, okay. Yes, there was awkwardness with pronouns at first for folks who knew me before the transition. Mm. But it hurts when several years later, people still use the wrong pronouns. Oh, those pronouns! Oh, Taylor's, Taylor's totally beside herself. She, we, we're in agreement at this point. We're, we're in agreement with, with this gay dude. Anyway, so they're using the wrong pronouns now. And it's hurtful. It's hurtful to grown men in dresses. Isn't that amazing? So then going further, and just imagine if people were constantly debating your bathroom privileges. (gasps) Imagine how humiliating that would be. Oh, now there's a whole other whole other ball of wax to consider regarding this issue. Bathroom privileges for cross-dressing transgendered men that say they're women. Who, I mean, really, they should be at the top of the list as far as human rights go. Of course, you know, you reference Sodom and Gomorrah. Don't think God would agree with you on that one. Me on that one, but hey. So the author of the article goes on to say, tell you what, buddy, I won't debate your bathroom privileges if you return to this planet. You'd better stay the heck out of the ladies' room while my wife or two daughters are in there. Oh, amen to that. Otherwise, we will have a problem. Women have an absolute right to not be sexually harassed in the workplace. A right to privacy when using the facilities. To constantly worry whether a gender-confused, cross-dressing, demon-possessed devil man is going to invade her privacy creates a hostile work environment. Yeah, what about the rights of the women that don't want this freak in the bathroom with them? Oh, that doesn't matter. All that matters is the demon-possessed, transgendered devil man. Devil woman man. That's all that matters. This is, the, this is where everything is coming to in the world. This type of insanity just being the norm. The DOJ Pride Directive is but the latest example of the, quote, progressive climate of fear and intimidation this radical Obama regime has created for Christians. See, they're just trying to put you into more and more and more and more of a corner where you're going to have no choice. You're either going to give in 
go with it, end up taking the mark of the beast, or you're going to resist evil. Jesus Christ resisted evil. Okay? The apostles resisted evil. To the point where they died. They were martyred for resisting evil. Okay? So, (laughs) they didn't give in to the evil. Conservatives and other value-oriented folks, both within and without the workplace, meaning the, um, this is the intimidation this radical Obama regime has created for Christians, conservatives, and other value-oriented folks, both within and without the workplace. It, they're just trying to paint us into a corner more and more and more every single day. Okay, I'm going to have to go ahead and end part uh, one, and we're going to go to part two next. God bless you. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H.com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R, Boulevard West. Number 202, Third Line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.